Hi, my name is Caleb Denman. I lead the creative and production teams at DCC. Thank you so much for listening to a Church in the City podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message, that it enriches and encourages you today, and that it serves towards fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Merry Christmas. So um, this has been a this has been a little bit of a week. Um, very busy. So I've been just kind of like meditating on this love thing, this love, amazing love. Um, and in some ways, I was kind of almost intimidated by it <laughs> just because it's such a huge thing to cover. You know, I mean, the reason Jesus came was because of, because of the love that he had for us. He came and he died, was crucified, went through torture because he loved us so much. And I'm like, Lord, how do I even, how do I even begin to kind of like explain what that love looks like? Because we just, honestly, we really don't understand that love. And we probably will not fully understand that love until we see him face to face. And we really know what he did for us and the love that he had for us. But I'm going to try... Just have grace for me. Um, the, force, the force of love is so powerful. It has a zero failure rate. The, words, the word says love never, ever fails. I mean, what an amazing thing. When we love, we cannot fail. When we put forth love in a situation or a circumstance... It doesn't fail us. So often we run after, you know, these spiritual gifts, you know, the gift of prophecy, the gift of laying on hands, you know, um, and, and seeing people healed. But love is the greatest manifestation of spirituality. It's the most important thing. If you don't have it, I'm just telling you, you are sounding brass and clanging cymbals. And that is what the word says, right? As a matter of fact, we're commanded to love. Jesus said in John 15, 9 and 13, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. You know, when we walk in love, joy just automatically overflows in us, by the way. It does. Think about it. When you really love somebody and you walk away, you always have like a joy in your heart. It's not like you walk away and went and go, oh, that stunk. Why did I do that? <laughs> you never do that, right? It's like you have a joy when you love. 
It says, yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. We're commanded to love. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. It's something we're called to do. It's something we must show the world. It's they're supposed to know us by our love. When we don't walk in love, we're given we're giving the Lord a bad name, honestly. So to be honest with you, love is the main thing. It is the main thing. I am going to read the love chapter, which is 1 Corinthians 13. I, you can't not talk about love and not talk about that chapter because it's telling us what love actually is. So Corinthians 13, and sorry, because for some reason I forgot that part in my notes, so I've got to read it out of the word. If I could speak all languages on earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and possessed all the knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything that I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. When God's love isn't being expressed in our lives, you know, we can pray in the Spirit, but we're just, it's just noise. It's just noise if we don't have love. We could be able to prophesy, move mountains with our faith, but it doesn't mean anything apart from love. And in fact, it even says that our giving means nothing without love. Isn't that interesting? You know, if you think about it, it's like we offer things to God you know, and we think, okay, this is, this is my, my reasonable service. This is my, my form of worship. But if you're not doing it in an attitude of, Lord, I am sowing into you and I'm sowing into your kingdom because I love your people and I want more people to know about you. I mean, that's why we give, right? It really, the, the underlying reason has got to be love. God wants us to be so aware of our love walk because it's what draws people to him. We are his ambassadors. When we shine with the love of God, people see it. You know, there's some, there, there's some particular people in my life that I really look up to. And it's not because there's anything like super great or amazing about them, but it's like when you get around them, they just exude this love. They just have this, like, this, this thing, and it, it makes them beautiful. I mean, love is just such, a, such an amazing gift. God wants us full of him and his word. Love is the ultimate manifestation of us seeking after him. And love is a choice, by the way. We have to choose to love. 
We have to choose it. I have to choose it every day. There's times when I don't always feel like it, let me tell you. And I guarantee y'all have run into that same situation. And I think, too, honestly, those of you who are married, with our spouses, sometimes we have less patience. Isn't it true? It's like we can have patience for other people in situations, but when it comes to our spouse, it's like, ugh, man, I just don't have the patience. I don't, I don't, in, my patience doesn't endure long. You know, I get irritated and short, you know, kind of snippy and ugly. But we have to choose. We have to choose to say, regardless of how that person's acting, how that person is treating us, because, you know, sometimes they can treat us kind of nasty too, and so it makes us want to be nasty back, you know? It's like, that's not how love works. Love never fails. The world's love is so countercultural to the love of God. The world's love is fickle and selfish. Someone does something to offend us, and that's it. We're done with them. It's over. The world says, that's it. You're canceled. Forget it. You're out of there. But you know what? God's love is not that way. God's love is so gracious towards us. I mean, I screw up on a daily basis, but I know the love of my Father. And all I have to do is repent and go to him and say, Lord, help me. Help me to walk this out. And I know I am, I know immediately that I'm energized and I'm empowered to do what it is he's called me to do, to love people even when they aren't that lovable. First John 4, 7 through 12 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not Love, oh wait a minute, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us so much, We surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Listen. says in the word how can we who have not seen God expect okay so we love him we haven't seen him but our brothers and sisters who we see every day if we do not love them how in the world How in the world, think about 
how important it, it, that it is that we love one another. I mean, I think we even deceive ourselves that we think that we can walk in some of the things that we walk in towards one another. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a huge one. And it is in the body of Christ. And it's such a dangerous thing. We are supposed to be forgiving one another and we're supposed to be walking in patience. We're not supposed to be holding people accountable to the things they've done wrong to us, but yet we do. You know, I've, and I've told this story many times, but I, I want to tell it once again, kind of with a just, just a different shift to it. Um, back when Chris and I were first married, um, he was abusive. He was abusive in our relationship. And we were walking with God. Things were getting, they were getting better. He was walking some of this stuff out. And as he was walking it out, it was like something kind of started rising up in me. It's like, you know what? All this stuff he's done to me, all these things, I just kept kind of like tucking them away in my heart, kind of, you know, putting them, putting them in there like, okay, you know what? Maybe... Maybe this will work, but I'm, I'm just going to keep this kind of here in my heart, and I'm not going not gonna to really let you off the hook. And um, one night, we, we were getting ready to go to bed, and I, I was just being like, I don't know, just horrible to him. I was just being ugly. I don't know. I, I didn't know at the time why, but we're laying there in bed, and he goes, I feel like you have unforgiveness towards me. And I was just like, yep, you nailed it on the head. That's exactly right, for sure. And I knew it, and I knew it. But yet at the same time, I was like, you know what? I'm hanging on to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it, and I'm going to let it protect me. Because if I keep that unforgiveness, that means that you cannot come in and hurt my heart anymore. And here's the interesting thing, and this is what I believe happens Satan deceives us. He was doing such a good job of letting me believe that I was protected by hanging on to that unforgiveness. That's what he does. Listen, you're not protected. In fact, you are opening up a door that you do not want to open up. You're opening up the door and you're saying, come on in, Satan. Do whatever you want in my life. I don't care. You know, he'll bring in destruction. He'll bring in sickness. He'll bring in whatever it is. And I was believing it. I was believing it. But you know what? As persistent as the devil can be, my husband is much more persistent. Hallelujah. <laughs> Much more persistent. He wouldn't give up. He, he jumps out of bed and he's like, no, no, don't do this. Don't let the enemy get in. And I was fighting. I was like, my spirit man was going, yes, he's right. He's right. Let it go. And, but yet my flesh and the enemy was going, no, 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 hang on to it. It's protecting you. It's keeping you safe. And this went on, I mean, a good 20 minutes at least, maybe longer, I don't know. But like I said, he is very persistent. And finally, I literally, I threw those covers off and I jumped up and I said, 
In Jesus' name, I forgive my husband, and I release him, and I let it go. And I'm not kidding. Something came off my back. I felt it. I don't know what it was, but there was something that was there. And when it released, I just, I literally, I just bawled. I just cried, like a cry, like I can't even tell you. But I knew I was free. I knew that I was free from that point on. Listen, as Christians, don't hang on to unforgiveness. If there's somebody that you know, and sometimes it can be subtle. So ask, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you know, because sometimes we can get irritated with people and, you know, we let that go, and, but sometimes it can get in, and, and we tuck it away, and we don't realize we've done that. But we can't love properly with unforgiveness in our hearts. We can't. Listen, the story I just told you is such a victory story, because if I had not listened to the Holy Spirit and my husband, I would not be here today. My family wouldn't be here today. Brittany would have been here, but Haley and Christian, they would have never been, they would have never been because it would have broken our marriage up. Eventually it would have caused that over time. So I'm just saying, let's just check our hearts today and make sure that we don't walk out of here with, with something that, that we're not supposed to be walking out of here with. We want to shine the love of Jesus, and you're not going to be able to shine with that, with that burden in your heart and the unforgiveness in your heart. First Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says, Love endures long with patience. Love is kind and thoughtful. It's not jealous or envious. Love does not brag, and it is not proud or arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not provoked, nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account wrong, wrongs endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes. It believes all things, looking for the best in each one. Do we do that all the time? Sometimes I think we don't. We start talking about somebody because of maybe things that they do over and over again. We see how, you know, they failed us or they, they keep doing this. And sometimes we want, we start to believe. We almost start to think like that's who that person is. But that's not true. Because God's love has so much for so much more for them. So it's like we have to begin to believe for the best in everyone. We need to be praying for the best in everyone. Love bears all things regardless of what comes. It believes all things, looking for the best in each one. It hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times. That's interesting. 
I feel like the church didn't do too good through this last few years. It was difficult times, but I feel like somehow our love just didn't come through like it should have. We began to act like the world acts, and that's not what we're supposed to be doing. That's not what we're called to do. It endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades nor ends. You know, it says love endures long and is patient and kind. When we're walking in love, we don't become short-tempered. We don't get ugly towards people or snippy or short. Love is patient and it's kind in every circumstance. And listen, people, I don't have this down. I'm working on it. God's working in me and through me. But we have to have that attitude of, wait a minute, let me check my heart. What's going on? What's going on? And, you know, why am I acting this way? Help me to see it and to immediately come against that in my own life and be able to love people right where they're at. Sometimes even those people that are, you know, they, they kind of are shaving off the, the icky stuff off of us. It's like that sandpaper, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know if I, you know, like that or I, you know, it's like there's people in our lives that cause us have to really rise to that love, love level, right? Seriously. It keeps no records of being wronged, even if it's wronged repeatedly. Love forgives. I kind of want to go back to this unforgiveness just for a second. Unforgiveness is a tormentor. It will hold you captive to pain that will stay with you until you forgive and let it go. Sometimes I think that's why the world and even the church medicates. Just calling out some of that. It's true. It's like we want something outward to fix it. We want something to dull that pain. But listen, if you have unforgiveness, until you forgive, that pain is not going to go away. You can take whatever you want. You can drink whatever you want. That pain will always come back after it wears off. And I don't know why God wants me to continue harping on this thing, but maybe there's somebody here that this is touching your heart. And I just want you to know how serious it is. Unforgiveness will thwart what it is God has for you. Don't allow that. Don't allow Satan to lie to you. That's right. That's right. Come on. Matthew 5.44 says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And that's kind of, I'm not saying that the people who hurt you are your enemies, but sometimes we see it that way. We see that, like, you know, they're, they're against us in some way, some shape or form, or they've done something so bad and so cruel that they are your enemies. 
But Jesus says he's, his love is different. It's not, like, it's not like the world's love. He says, pray for those people. You know, if there's somebody that you have ought against, begin to pray for them. Begin to pray for them, literally. And I know that sometimes that's hard. Like if, you, if, you're, if you're like, I can't, I don't know if I can do what you're saying, Lisa. I don't know if I can just by faith forgive that person. Then begin to pray for them because it will help you. It will cause you. It will help the love of God to start to fill your heart in that area. And then you're, you will be able to forgive and eventually the, the pain will go and it'll be a testimony. Right. It'll be something that you can help somebody else with. That's right. Come on. That's good. This is God's kind of love. He wants us to come in. He wants to come in and heal all those areas in your heart that's been wounded. Jesus came to heal and bind up the brokenhearted. It breaks my heart. Because sometimes I know that there's Christians out there holding on to things that they should not hold on to. God wants you to live, and he wants you to live more abundantly. So I'm going to get off that subject, sorry. It's just God has had that on my heart. That's for somebody or maybe somebody's out there. I want to address another area that keeps us from walking in God's kind of love, and that's selfishness and self-centeredness. You know, when you have self on your mind, self on your heart, you are definitely not going to be walking in God's kind of love. If you have you first, the love of God is not going to be flowing out of you. It It's just the truth. You know, the world today, it's got to be the most selfish state in any time that I can remember personally than it is today. I'm a child of, well, I grew up in the the 70s and the 80s. And those times were, you know, I look back at it and I'm like, gosh, I loved my childhood. It was such a much more simpler time. You know, there was no cell phones. TV was very minimal. They had come out with cable, but it was like you had these slider boxes. I, I don't know if anybody is like, yeah, slider boxes. It's like, okay. But they didn't have near as many channels as they do now. They have so many channels on TV. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's, it's like there's entertainment just coming at us everywhere from every, every side. But I just remember as a kid, it's like you'd go out and your parents didn't worry about you. You went out and played all day in the summer, and you didn't come home until the lights came on, the street lights. You didn't have to worry. You didn't have to fear. Nowadays, it's like, man, you can't, you can't hardly send, send your kids out without knowing where they are, without some kind of a tracker or something, you know, something on them, where it's like, where are they? You know, it's just we've, this time that we are in has become one of the most scariest in some senses, um, such a dark, sad place, you know, um, and, and to be honest with you, I think entertainment, I think 
the invention of the internet, the cell phone, the cell phone, come on, this little tiny mini computer that we keep in our purse or our back pocket, that thing can bring in so much yucky stuff that we have instant access to. Yeah, social media. Social media, scary place, lots of differing opinions, opinions that are like, ew, what in the world are they even thinking? What are they saying? You know, we've, 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 it's like the door has been opened to, hey, how I feel, what I want, what I, what is going on in my life, that's all that's important anymore. And if you don't line up with what that, what that person, how that person feels or how they think, well, then you're, you're done. You're out of their life. They'll cancel you. That's the kind of world that we live in these days. It's just so cold and so dark. But that's where we come in, right? We're supposed to not be driven by these things. And I'll tell you what, my cell phone is definitely a distraction to me. There is no doubt. And I'm not even on social media. I'm not a social media person. I don't have Facebook. I don't have all those things. But it's still such a distraction. It's still something that keeps pulling me away from my relationship with the Holy Spirit, with the Father. So what do we do? What do we do as Christians? We run after the relationship that we have with him. We run after him. We spend time with him. That's how we reflect that love. When we're spending time with him and we're looking at that perfect love, that reflection now bounces off of us to others. We're not supposed to be caught up in all this stuff. We have something so much better. Right. He's so good. You know, my granddaughter the other day, I asked her, I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, I want to be an influencer. I was like, you're eight years old. How do you even know what an influencer is? I mean, that's, you know, that's the aspirations of our kids these days. It's like, yeah, we want to, I want to grow up and I want to be able to be an influencer. Yeah, let's be an influencer for Jesus Christ. But that's not what she meant. She meant she wants to go out and influence people. And what she's seen, right, on her iPad or whatever that she once in a while gets to look at, it's just sad. I think we just have to learn that we need boundaries. We need boundaries. We have to be careful of what we allow and let in. You know? Anyways, the band can come up. You know... 
Really, when we walk in the love of God, we benefit the most. His love is so powerful and strong, it enables us to come overcome any situation. It makes us more than conquerors, as Chris was saying earlier, in every area of our lives by keeping us in constant relationship with the Father. Because without the relationship with him, we can't truly love properly. We have to focus on our relationship with him. If there's anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus, has never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, or you've walked away from him. You knew him once, but you've walked away. Romans 8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You know, I accepted Jesus back in 1988, and it was the best decision that I've ever made. I've never regretted it once. I can't even imagine what my life would be without him and without that relationship with him. He's so loving and so kind. And if you don't know him, we will have people in the back, back there, that would love to pray with you. I just, I'm going to, I'm going to pray. If we can just bow our heads. Father God, I just ask that you open our eyes, that you open our ears to see and hear the truth, to hear what it is that you have to say to us today. Speak to every heart here. Speak what it is that you want to tell them. Open up our hearts. Open up our hearts, Lord. And let us receive from you. Let us receive that perfect love. That perfect love that casts out all fear. Your love is so patient and so kind and so faithful. Faithful to us even when we're not faithful. I just thank you, Father God, for the love, for your love to flow through each and every one of us. That we do not walk out of here the same people but that we walk in your transformation. I just thank you and I praise you. I give you glory and honor, Father. You are so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you came and you died for us because you loved us so much. We just give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Our Church in the City. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode with a friend as we are fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passion in Jesus'